I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're a Cornell guy, so you're, you're, you're bright. You're, you, and it, it, here's the funny thing, right? I, I, before you say what you're going to say, because you're going to enjoy this. Why are O linemen always the smartest dudes? I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Cause y'all like the weirdest dudes. Like y'all so weird, man. Like y'all got the weirdest idiosyncrasies as, as to how you handle things. But y'all the brightest dudes. We are the smartest, and I'm glad that you said it because <laughs> I, I didn't have to say it myself. So good. Uh, but we are also weird too, right? We we always seem to be eating together more often than not, uh, and also just seem to move in packs, like, like her, right. like, an, like an animal group. Right. Um, uh, and I'll leave it up to you to decide what type of animals offensive linemen right. uh, closely resemble, but, uh, oh. <laughs> oh, <I> like <laughs> up on game presents conversations with a legend. And now Here's LeVar Arrington. What's up, everybody? LeVar Arrington here. Yes, yes, you know it. It's another exciting edition of Conversations with a Legend. Up on Game Presents, sponsored by Pacematic and brought to you by Brinks TV. Make sure you go check out Brinks TV. Uh, subscribe wherever it is uh, that you subscribe. Uh, and, and download it wherever it is that you download your apps. All right, make sure you get Brinks TV do new cutting edge television for all of you guys to enjoy. So without further ado, I want to get into this week's guest. Uh, he's got a soft spot in my heart and he doesn't even realize it, but he's about to find out why. All right. This is the man, the myth, the legend himself, big Kevin Booth of the New York Giants. First of the, the Oakland Raiders, the now Las Vegas Raiders. And the best thing that they could ever did was, they didn't sign you. They they let my man go, man. But did it end up working out the right way? Ends up with the New York Giants. Uh, so let's start right there. Because first off, I would ask you how you're doing, but I don't want to ask you how you're doing yet because I know how you're doing after this right here. You come in in 07, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think- left. I left at 06. and oh six. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of my teammates they speak very highly of you. And first and foremost, I want to say it's it's truly an honor to be on here with you. Oh man, appreciate uh, it. Loved watching you play uh, way back when. You know, we can both say that, right? Uh, Indeed. You know, back when you were in college at Penn State, and then obviously following your career until I started playing. Then it's like, well, I can't be a fan now, right? Got You got uh, to get him, right? But yeah. uh, you know, it being drafted was a tremendous tremendous experience uh, back in 2006 with the Oakland Raiders. And, um, you know, I was able to play, even though I was a sixth round pick, I played a ton that year. Uh, We weren't very good. Maybe that's why I played a lot, but you know, you go from thinking you've made it to the league and you quickly realize that, you know, it's, you got to take it day by day. And that next year we had a new coaching staff and at the end of training camp that cut down to 53, I was right there. And um, you go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows being released, especially after your rookie year and not really knowing what's going to happen. And then the next day I get a call from my agent saying, hey, you got picked up off waivers. I'm thinking, "Okay, who might have picked me up? He said, hey, you're a New York football giant. And uh, yeah, that was September. I want to say it was September 2nd, 2007. Jeez. All right. Now let's let's go. How how are you, Kevin? How, How are you doing? How? How 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 is everything? Let me because I, I I still haven't got off my chest why I didn't want to ask you how you were doing and why you feeling the way you feeling. All right, we will get to that shortly. But how you feeling, man? Feeling great, feeling great. Uh, you know, just very fortunate to have uh, you know been able to play nine seasons and then being able to still continue to be a part of the National Football League. And you know how it is; it's it's a brotherhood, and you never quite leave it and there's certain areas of the game that you'll never forget and you won't miss but then there's other sides of it that we're like oh man i don't know if i can do that anymore and i'm kind of glad that that phase is behind me so uh very happy you're now working for the national football league in a different capacity you're not on the field you are behind the scenes you are up top you are in new york at park place what Tell me exactly, tell us exactly what it is that that you're into and what you're doing. Sure. Uh, so right now, actually, within the last five or six months or so, I actually transitioned into the management council. So a lot of people don't really know what the management council does, but basically we represent the NFL, the league office, the 32 teams. Um, when you're talking about items such as the salary cap, uh, the CBA, the relationship with the Players Association. And, uh, you know, I think what made it so appealing for me to join that group is because obviously I have that player experience and I have some uh, relationships built not only within the club level, but then also at the uh, PA level. And it's something that, quite frankly, uh, my department hasn't had in terms of having a former player in that area. And prior to that, I was in football operations working under another former player, the great Troy Vincent. Mm-hmm. And uh, where I learned a tremendous amount and worked on everything from football strategy, where you're thinking about football, the game, the way the game's played five, 10 years from now, all the way to international football development, where we were putting on international combines in London. We actually had a version of that a couple of days ago, as well as the international player pathway. So basically, I looked at it as my time in the league is just an opportunity to continue to grow my skill set and to uh, make an impact in various departments. And um, I initially started as an intern in sponsorship, and and that was my foot in the door uh, through the Legends Development Program. And uh, so I take great pride in being a part of three different departments in the league office in about six years. And 
that hopefully I continue to grow in that capacity. That's awesome, man. And for those who may not be aware of this, you're a Cornell guy. So you're 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 bright. You're you. And it, it, here's the funny thing, right? I, I, before you say what you're going to say, because okay. you're going to enjoy this. Why are O linemen always the smartest dudes? I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Cause y'all like the weirdest dudes. Like y'all so weird, man. Like y'all got the weirdest idiosyncrasies as, as to how you handle things. But y'all the brightest dudes. Cornell, yeah. Cornell. Okay, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Yeah, you know when you bring up the offensive line, I think you're right that we are the smartest. And I'm glad that you said it because <laughs> I didn't have to say it myself. It's all uh, good. But we are also weird too, right? We we always seem to be eating together more often than not, uh, <laughs> and also just seem to move in packs like like her, right. like an, like an animal group, right? Uh, and I'll leave it up to you to decide what type of animals offensive linemen right. uh, closely resemble. But dogs, uh, <laughs> dogs, I like that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think it, it's unlike any other position group in sports where you're talking about five people that need to be on the same page. And four of us could be doing a great job and one of us could struggle and the play becomes a monumental failure. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think just being in tune with what each person's doing and becoming used to their mannerisms. I think that's why we spend so much time together because you want to know what that person's thinking or how they'll react to certain situations because Mm -hmm. we have these freakish athletes on the other side of the ball, yourself included, who are trying to <laughs> to, to destroy our offense. So we've got to mm-hmm. be quick on our toes and, and be smart and try to play ahead of things. How does that play into your role now? Like everything that you have going on at the offices, I always tell guys, the moment you believe that you are only a football player, you have totally limited yourself to being in a box that is so, so vast if you were to not think in those terms. Now, there's kind of the the kind of the balancing act of, you know, being a football player. It, it takes a lot of focus, a lot of drive, passion, all those things. But we tend to not take our skill sets and the brilliance, I call it the brilliance. I think everybody that can play the game is a brilliant person because it's brilliance at work in milliseconds and less like whatever it is that's less than a second. Our brilliance is being exercised over and over and over again. And and it's, it's sometimes minimized to just physicality of what we bring to the table. But it truly is a balance of brilliance. How does that apply? How do you take that into where your current role is? You know, you ask, you absolutely uh, hit it on the head. Uh, I'll, I'll admit it. I, I'm, I think I'm guilty of that, too, or at least I was uh, when I made that transition from the playing field into the quote unquote real world. Um, I was nervous. You know, I I think I was a little uh, worried that my peers, my classmates that I went to college with that, you know, were nine, 10 years of experience in the workforce, they had a leg up on me because I was playing football for that period of time. And I think what I quickly realized is that those skills that we continue to grow and strengthen while we're playing, it transfers into the real world, whether you're talking about being accountable. I mean, that that's a big part of football, right? You're talking about uh, uh, being dependable, talking about having resilience, you know, being coachable, little things like that, that we almost take for granted as athletes. Uh, It's very applicable on the business side as well. Um, So I quickly realized when I saw that those skills, 
definitely transferred, you realize that little bit of space that maybe they know, um, you know, certain terms or maybe they're used to the way certain things operate, how quickly you pick that up and you're you're right on par with them, if not ahead of them because of those football skills. So I think it was one of those things where I was definitely guilty of that at first because of the fear of the unknown. But then you quickly realize that, no, this game, not only uh, were we strengthening ourselves physically, but also emotionally and mentally as well. Indeed. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's let's take it back a little bit. Let, let's let's go let's go early big booth. Was there a moment that you can think of, a defining moment, something that took place where it was like, this is what I'm gonna do. And and then on top of that, you settle in on linemen. Like, is it is it is there something? Was it a person that influenced you? It was it a player on the television? Was it was it a parent? Like, 
Was it somebody in the community? What what is the memory in the moment or or whatever, however you want to define it, that played the biggest part in you striving to be the player that you ultimately became, making it to the National Football League and becoming a Super Bowl, a two-time Super Bowl champ? Uh, you know, it's funny. I one of my earliest memories of watching the NFL, uh, I grew up in South Florida. I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, um, was Super Bowl 23. And it was the 49ers against the Cincinnati Bengals. And it was at the old Joe Robbie stadium. And I became a big fan of Jerry Rice. And I thought I was going to be a wide receiver and I'm going to be the best wide receiver, um, ever. And, you know, as I started to grow up a little bit, I realized, Oh, I don't think uh, wide receivers in my in the cards for me. And uh, I will say this, though. I have one older brother. He's 10 years older than me. So when you're talking about those formative years, that six, seven, eight years old, I got to watch my brother play high school football in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and then go on to East Carolina University and play football there and actually be a part of some pretty successful teams in school history there. We're talking about those early to mid-90s there at ECU. And he ended up playing offensive line. So, Mm. And he wore number 77, which was ultimately Mm. the number that I chose. So having him as a football role model, I think, kind of set me on that path to to playing football. And obviously, I got a lot bigger as I grew and, and realized that I wouldn't be wearing number 80, but I'll be wearing something in the 70s. So uh, he was definitely a big influence on me growing up. But it all started watching the NFL. Super Bowl was in town. And, you know, I didn't watch cartoons that day and must have decided to tune in with everybody else who's watching the Super Bowl. And I became hooked just like that. You you mentioned seeing your brother play high school ball. I, too, had an older brother um, and he played high school ball and it totally I wanted to be acknowledged like him. I wanted to be uh, respected like like my brother. We were also basketball players as well, but there just seemed to be a different level of respect factor that played in football. Like it was just that warrior mentality was different. And, And I also grew up watching my uncles play and they all played my mom. And my dad were royalty of the same high school and their brothers on both sides played together. So it turned, it, it kind of turned me out at an early age. Like they were hard nosed, but they were skilled. So they played offense, they played defense, caught the ball, tackled all kinds of stuff. And that ultimately dictated and, and really influenced me to want to be a defensive player. Even though I played offense, I wanted to play what my uncles played. I wanted to do what my brother did. And and it influenced me. When you think back to when you were watching your brother in high school, are there any specific feelings that you felt like? I know for me it was like, dang, I want to wear my uniform the way that my uncle was wearing his uniform or the way my my brother had his his swag, like he had the the the, the streamer on the side and he had just one piece of tape around his shoe like it was just one piece of white tape and just the way he wore everything the way he walked out onto the field like those things like i i wanted that i i was trying to emulate that as as i was developing as a player do you have any vivid memories of how the impact of seeing your brother be that guy 
had on you? Yeah. And for me, I think it was more when he went to college. So, okay. um, you know, we were extremely close. So it was tough on me when he went to college, when he went away. Um, but we would go up to visit. And the cool thing about it, and I think you basically alluded to this, was that you go in there and you see how the campus would kind of, you know, start to bubble up whenever it was a game day. And to me, the most vivid memories of me, for me, was going into his dorm room and his suite and all the other football players, you know, treated me like their little brother. And We're playing video games. And mm-hmm. after the game, I'm going into the locker room and the head coach is bringing everybody in and I'm hanging out in the locker room with the shoulder pads. So I think it's just a matter of being a part of that locker room environment and seeing how close those teammates were with one another and even having the coaches come in and, and treat you as though you're one of the members of the team and giving you t-shirts and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. feeling a part of a team environment, I think is what definitely hooked me into the game. And, you know, realizing that, yes, this is college football and I'm a seven, eight, nine year old kid, but uh, it was definitely influential for sure. I love that. Somebody, somebody once told me, once you get money, things going to change. And, you know, for me, I always looked at it like, you know, money is money and, and the people who love you, they the people who love you. But it really did change things like it changed family. It changed it changed everything. It changed a lot of things. And I would have never thought to the extent that money changed things being in the pros and, and just what people expected from you. What was your experience? What was your experience being that guy that ultimately looked up to, you know, your older brother looked up, like was inspired by the league. You find your way to the league and now you're playing in the league, which means you're getting paid as a league employee. How was that for you? Was it, you know, I mean, what was that? How did that play out for you? You know, honestly, I think I personally think it wasn't um, as difficult as it could have been, especially with other people, the other stories that you hear. Uh, and I think that that was probably attributed to the way my family is. And I think they respected the fact that I, uh, you know, this was my career. Right. And that they understood that it wasn't just a lifeline, so to speak, and that they couldn't just call me and ask for anything. And, you know, I think that we had such a relationship that I knew that if I did receive a call or if somebody did reach out, then it was probably legit. And then Mm -hmm. we could kind of work through it and find out what the best resolution is. But um, I can fortunately say that I was, I'm grateful that, you know, my family didn't cause the fact that I'm a professional football player to cause any rifts within the family or to try to change things. Of course, things change a little bit, right? When you're talking about, you know, the day to day and, you know, how I'm living and where I'm living and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate for my upbringing and my structure within my uh, immediate and extended family that it never really um, went to a place where I felt truly uncomfortable or that my mom felt truly uncomfortable or any others. So um, lucky in that regard, but I, I, I definitely understand how um, it can cause bigger issues. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that can be due to timing, right? It could be what type of situation your family is in and, you know, who's to say it would have still been that way if it, if I made it four or five years later or four or five years earlier. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's something that I definitely uh, look at and realize that a lot of things are just a matter of timing and how things play out. There's a lot of pressure connected to that. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. absolutely. So when you, so when you think about that pressure, it leads me down the road of NIL. Mm. All right. So now it's open for business. College is open for business. Name, image, likeness. Hell, it should be something more than this is a whole nother conversation as it applies to the National Football League, too, boo. Huh? What? I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, you know, if you look up my history, you know, I'm connected to that whole protecting your protect the brand. You know, absolutely. What I mean? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, but now that's a thing in the, in, in the college ranks and people are now chasing that monetary dream in college and they don't have to wait until you get to the, the national football league or any other pro league that, that where you have to go through the, the college ranks to be able to, to participate. You now can make that money now. 
What is your what's your take on NIL and and what that represents? I'm interested in in where you fall in in terms of do you think it's a good thing? Is it not a good thing? Uh, you know, in terms of amateur versus pro, um, but also at that age, how how what advice would you give to the guys that are and gals? that are involving themselves at a high level in college with these opportunities to now monetize their names and their likeness and their images. You know, it's crazy to think about how far uh, or how much college has changed in the short amount of time. I still think it's short amount of time that it's been since I, since I left college and, you know, Unlike Mr. Penn State here, uh, Cornell, I would have been happy with a, a a chicken wing type of deal or something along those right. lines where they right. promise me a free meal every week. But no, it, it, it's it's basically to me, I think it's an ongoing research project. Right? I think no one really knows for sure how this is going to play out. I think it's one of those things that you kind of have to see how this first wave of individuals go um, and then ultimately decide how it's all going to uh work and how it's going to manifest itself and Mm -hmm. if there are going to be any national type of rules going forward. So Mm -hmm. I think it's uh, one of those, we'll we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, But I do think for those that are taking advantage of it now, just as much education as possible. And I think a lot of colleges have done a great job of uh, trying to hire additional staff members or bringing in external professionals in that regard that specialize in that area to educate people. I think that's the best thing that you can do for these individuals. And I know that we have a niece who's uh, a freshman at University of Tennessee playing volleyball, and she's gotten a couple of uh, NIL deals and, you know, obviously not anything large, but it's still something where she just needs to be educated on it. It might Mm -hmm. not necessarily be a dollar transaction, but there are ramifications there that, uh, you know, could ultimately set her up for a longer term relationship. Indeed. All right. I got a couple more for you and then I'm going to let you ride, man. Okay. Most memorable moment career wise. Most memorable moment. Um, you know, it's funny, I, as you mentioned, I was a part of both Super Bowl winning teams uh, with the Giants, Super Bowl 42 and 46. You ask people who were on both teams what's their most memorable game, they would say Super Bowl 42, the first one, you know, beating the undefeated Patriots. But for me, it was more Super Bowl 46 uh, because that was a game that I started. Uh, I played only a few special teams plays in Super Bowl 42. But Super Bowl 46, I was on the field for um, all of the offensive snaps and even though I had a questionable holding penalty in that game, uh, mm-hmm. it was definitely my most memorable moment, um, you know, being on the field and fulfilling a lifelong dream. All right. So let me tell everybody why I was upset. I, I did say I missed you by a year. So I choose to go. I, I get out of Dodge of, of D.C. I come to New York to play for the Giants in 06. I signed a seven year deal with the Giants. And blow my Achilles tendon and I want to say the fifth or fourth game of the season prior to your arrival, prior to the first Super Bowl beating arguably the greatest football team to not win the Super Bowl in the history of the game, prior to the second Super Bowl that you were a part of. I would have actually been there for both of those Super Bowls had the the cards, had the deck been stacked correctly. So 
while I'm happy for you guys <laughs> and, and I'm super proud of you guys to be so close and yet so far away, still to this day, kind of it sits with me a little bit. Every once in a while, I just think about, man, like within that period of time, I could have had two Super Bowls. So you figure three Pro Bowls, first first ballot Pro Bowl, right? Like right. not 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 uh not fill in, not injury, not reserve, but starter to the Pro Bowl, two All Pros, and two Super Bowls. I got a case. You do. I got a, I got a case. I still you think know? you do. Ah oh, man, I appreciate it, but nah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> but it's all right. But but okay. This is the one I'm gonna leave you with before I let you go. And this is the one that's most important because as I as I take these interviews, it's really so you understand why I do conversations with a legend. It really is about hearing our stories and hearing our voices and understanding the relevance of who we are as as these products from the past that have represented what what we represent and, and thus becoming a legend. I always ask the question at the end of my interviews for legacy play and for for memory's sake and for a time where it may be appropriate because these are just these are to me when brothers are able to come together and, and brothers and sisters are able to come together and sisters and sisters are able to share their experiences. Um, it becomes a, a vault of, of sorts of content. So this is something that will replay for many, many years and hopefully many years after we are long gone from here. So what is Kevin Booth, what does he want to be remembered as for legacy? What do you want, when it's all said and done, what would you want to hear being said about you once that day comes? Uh, deep question. Uh, yeah. I indeed. think it's... Uh... It's a matter of somebody who respected everyone, but then also got the most out of his uh, God-given abilities, whether it was on the football field or off. Um, and I think it's as simple as that. You know, respect all and give all. I love it. Simple, straight to the point. Just like your game was, man. Come off that ball, straight to That's the it. point. Like, let's get down to business. That's it. That's why we're here, right? That's why man. We're here. It's such a pleasure having you on. I appreciate you. If y'all didn't know, this is Kevin Booth. So I just thought I'd remind y'all. Offensive lineman extraordinaire, two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York football super giants, and now a successful contributor businessman within the parameters and the realm of the National Football League building in New York City. Super dope, man. Enjoyed having you on. Same here. And you know what? If you don't have anything else, if you're not promoting like, like a part of a charity or anything like that, if you're not promoting, I'm going to let you go. Sounds good, man. I, I enjoyed my time, and uh, hopefully we can do this again one day. Hey, we will certainly revisit this again one day, and maybe it'll be on some, you know, talking about branding and talking about NIL and talking about different things and how it applies to the National Football League because that is a whole nother conversation that, yeah. that can be had. You know what I mean? It is for sure. For sure. Kevin Booth. Kevin Booth, y'all. Kevin Booth. Take a bow. All right. Listen, this is Up On Game Presents Conversations with a Legend presented by Pacematic and brought to you by Brinks TV. Make sure you go to the App Store, download Brinks TV today 
All right. Make sure you do it today so that you can check out all the cool content that they got going on there. Super cool people. Y'all may know, you know, Brinks TV, like as in like Brinks, like as in, you know, the sports science guy, John Brinkus. Yeah, that's right. We got a great partnership going on and we're working together. So you see all this fine, uh, very, very nice, well done uh, format and layout of the show. So make sure you check us out on Brinks TV. Shouts out to Pacematic. Surely a shout out to, to our title sponsor. So until next time, I'm LeVar Arrington. All right. You can check me out on Instagram at King of the Mammals or Twitter at LeVar Arrington, all that good stuff. Um, don't at me with no silliness. You know, I don't really like the silliness, but you know what it is. All right. Till next time. That was Kevin Booth. I'm LeVar Arrington. Conversations with a legend. Take care. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.